Well, good morning, church. God is a good God, amen. I believe I'm on. Am I on? The light's going. Yeah, you're on. Check one. There we go. Let's try that again. Good morning, church. Good morning. Amen. Now I'm a little echoey, so you could turn me down. Well, you know, I, I'm, we're delighted to be back again. I think this is our fourth encounter we were at, right? Fourth encounter, and every encounter is an awesome encounter. Um, you know, I just so appreciate the heart of the people that come. They just let God work in their heart and God touch them. And, you know, God is faithful. He knows us better than sometimes we know ourselves. And I'm convinced that if we will just open our hearts, God will speak so clearly to us. He wants to show himself to you. And so if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, I want to encourage you just open your heart because God wants to be that personal with you. Amen? Well, I, I, um, I'm excited. This has been an awesome year for me. Um, since the last time I was here, I think we were in November, um, you know, I had, I had really no plans for the next year. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. And, uh, you know, I was believing God that God was going to do some good things in our hearts. And it, literally, starting at the end of November, my calendar began to fill up. And I am literally booked almost till the end of November. Um, where I'm traveling literally, now I can say, all over the world. God is a good God. And so last week, actually this past Tuesday, I just flew back from Ghana, West Africa. I was there for two weeks, and I'm going to tell you something. The church is alive in Ghana. I mean, those guys are radical people. I was in a church of about 6,000 the first week, and then I was in a church, I was in one church that was 20,000, and then I was at another church that the church was, uh, that I was at was 350 people, but they'd spawned nine other churches uh, out of that one little church of 350 people. In fact, uh, the last night I was there, one of their pastors who just started a church two weeks before, his first week he had four people. It was him, his wife, and his two kids. Uh, maybe, I think there was one, one visitor, maybe one child and then him. Uh, visitor. His second week, he had nine people show up. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for a young pastor just starting, he multiplied his church in one week. That was awesome. So it was just, it's just so great. Well, this morning, uh, I'm, I'm saying that because at the start of the year, actually at the last day of last year in New Year's Eve, my pastor spoke a word over our church, and he actually spoke about vision. But in the midst of that um, you know, uh, message on vision, he asked this question, what are you saying yes to? And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and said, you know, just kind of talking to me, Gary, what are you saying yes to? You know, what are you saying yes to? And so I began to kind of process that over the last, over the week, and, and uh, then I ended up going out to Halifax, and I felt like the Lord say, this year your theme is say yes. So I'm going to preach to you on saying yes, okay? And, um, but I'm going to be very specific. And what I want to uh, share with you this morning is I want to encourage you to say yes to the house of God. Come on, say yes. yes. So uh, I always say this. This is interactive. You can say amen or ouch, one or the other. But uh, I, want, I want some interaction, okay? So uh, I'm going to take off my glasses because uh, then I can read my notes. Uh, if I keep my glasses on, I see you beautifully, but I don't see my notes, okay? So uh, you guys all look still good. 
You're just a little blurry, all right? So would you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 28? It'll be on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible. If you didn't bring your Bible, well, you need to bring a Bible to church, okay? So, um, so listen, what you say yes to will determine your destiny. You know, I, I, here's some things that I'm saying yes to. Uh, I say yes to God's promises. Come on, God's a good God. He's a God of promise. And so my whole attitude this year is say yes to God. When, um, uh, when the guy called me for Ghana, and, he, he, and so a couple days before I was telling my sister, I said, a, a buddy of mine just canceled Ghana. I said, I'd love to go to Ghana. And then uh, I'm driving home from, from her house, and a friend of mine, John Finocchio, calls me and says, hey, you want to go to Ghana? I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, the guy's going to call you tomorrow. And I said, if the dates work out, I'm going to go. Because I felt like the Lord say, whoever invites you this year, you say yes. So I preached in churches like there are 50 people, 30 people. And I've preached in churches that are thousands of people. And so it doesn't matter to me if my schedule's open. I'm saying yes to God, whatever God wants to do. Because it's part of the promise of God over my life. And so the guy calls me. And he's a great guy in our fellowship. And he says, uh, Hey, uh, you know, Brother Gary, I said, you know, call me Gary. He says, okay, Gary. And he says, um, look, I want you to think about this. I really want you to pray about it. And I said, I don't need to pray about it. What are the dates? He gave me the dates. I said, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I say yes to it. He goes, really? I go, yeah, I'm saying yes to God. So are you saying yes to God? Listen, I I'm saying yes to God's healing. Yes to God's favor. My wife's word for the year is what, Sheila? Favor 2015. We're declaring it over our house. What are you saying yes to? You know what? There's some things that you say yes to you need to say no to. Before you say yes, you've got to say no to some things. So I've had to say no to some negativity. I've had to say no to certain people in my life. Because they're not going to help me get to my destiny. They're just going to keep me behind. I've got to say no to sickness. Come on, say no to lack or poverty. Come on, can I hear an amen here? You got to say no to some things to say yes to some things. And so the Lord began to really challenge me. Gary, you're saying yes to certain things you need to say no to. So I began to evaluate that and say, hey, no, I'm not going to do that. So I've said no to doing dishes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not true. Because my wife says yes all the time, okay? So Genesis 28, let's look at it. Genesis 28, verse 10. So meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. At sundown, he arrived at a good place. Say good place. And set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. Now listen, Led Zeppelin didn't come up with the song Stairway to Heaven, okay? It was already in the Bible, okay? All right, so, so um, where are we? Okay, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to your descendants, you and your descendants. 
Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, from the west and the east, the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. Come on, that's a good word right there. What more? I am with you. If you've got a Bible, like an actual Bible, these are some good things to underline. What more? I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I, listen, this is... How many ever remember daily bread? Okay, just the old people in the room remember daily bread. Daily bread was these little ceramic little things, and they had these little cue cards in there, and you'd pull one out, and it was your daily bread, right? It's like in a loaf, you know, a ceramic loaf, and they call it your daily bread. You pick it out, and you go, that's my memory verse for today. And so we had them as a kid. And, but listen, this is a good daily bread. This is one of those things you can put right on the fridge. Watch what he says. Uh, and uh, what more? He says, I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. You know what? Sometimes God can be here and you're not even aware of it. I've been in services where God's moving and I'm not even aware of it. I'm so zoned out in my own situation, my own problems, and the Lord's had to kind of shake me a little bit and say, Gary, come on, get with it. I'm here. If you'll listen, if you'll tune your ear, I'll speak to you. But he says, I wasn't even aware of it. Surely the Lord is in this place. And then he said, but he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. Would you say awesome? Now, if you know me for any length of time, what's my favorite word, Sheila? It's awesome. Man. She, she's not even aware of it right now. Okay, so listen. He says, this, what an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway of heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. There, then he poured olive oil over it. He named the place Bethel, which means house of of God, although it was previously called Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, if indeed, if God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's pray. Father, we pray as we just share the word this morning that you put faith in our heart, you put expectation in our spirit, Lord, that we would be in the awesome place of God, the house of God, that we would say yes to the house of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the first thing, I want to give you five things about the house of God that is actually from this passage. You can put that passage back up if you would. Uh, because I want you to see it as we trickle down through the verses. The first thing about the ho house of God is the house of God is where heaven opens up over you. It's where heaven opens up. Listen, the Bible says that the angels of God were descending up and down a stairway. It's a good place. The actual Bible actually gives you this impression that the house of God is actually a portal into heaven. Actually, you can see into heaven and heaven can see into you. It's a good place. Say a good place. 
The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says that Ezekiel said, the heavens opened and I saw visions of God. When heaven opens up over your life, when you come into the house of God and you begin to worship God and you say, this is a good place, you actually begin to see who God really is. And you can begin to see a vision of who God is. And he begins to show you that he is a good God. He is a faithful God. He is a God who can be your father. He's not a bad God. He's not an angry God. He is an awesome God. But when the house of God opens over your life, heaven begins to open up. The Bible says actually that angels of God were descending. The Bible says that angels are ministering servants of God. When I was in Ghana last week, actually this week, and um, we, we hit... Uh, we hit, it's their rainy season. And we hit this moment where there were torrential rains. And um, I mean torrential, like it, it rained solid for about six hours. And I was in a youth meeting. And so we're driving to this youth meeting in this awesome four by four. This thing was a tank. And uh, the first, I knew we were in trouble because the first thing of water we went through was about two feet high. And I saw a pig drowning beside me. I'm looking out the window. I'm saying, there's a pig there and he's floating. And he's, just, he's trying to catch his breath with his little legs, right? You know, like, he's not, he's not going to make it. So I knew we were in trouble. So we get to this youth meeting. We have this youth meeting. I'm preaching. It's pouring down. I mean, it's just coming down. And then we decide to go home. The traffic is crazy. So we're trying to figure out how to get home. We come down this uh, uh, pathway. And all of a sudden, we get into this. We start going into this water. And all of a sudden, it's like two feet, three feet. We're up to four feet. It's almost up to the windows. No water came in this vehicle. I'm thinking, we're going to stall. We're going to die. And all of a sudden, we get into about, but we're literally in four feet of water. And the, and the father says to the son, he says, I think we need to stop. Let's back up. So we chug it into reverse. And all of a sudden, we back right out. And then the police are there. They say, hey, look, a car just went, just got swept away. Here's the couple. You guys were crazy to go in there. Don't go in there. I said, Okay. But in the midst of that, in Ghana, um, there was, I don't know if you saw it on CNN, but a, a huge explosion happened. Um, Ninety people were killed instantly at this explosion. I was in church on the Sunday morning at the 7 o'clock service where there's thousands of people, and the pastor got up and he said, uh, at the, uh, when the explosion happened, one of their church members was actually in the gas station at the same time. And so she smelt fumes, and she heard in her ear, run and so she began to run the explosion happened and fire was all around her she just keep, kept hearing run through the fire now you know the scripture if you know the scripture the bible says if you run through the fire you'll not be burned if you'll run through the water you'll not drown and so she just heard run and so she's running through this fire and she's 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 just running and then she came to the point where um the reason like let's say this is the gas station and this is the street and then that's the other side. All through the street was a flood. I mean, it just got flooded. That's why they were in the gas station to stay away from the flood. And so she's running through the fire. Fire's all around her. She's not getting burned, but she's, I mean, literally the fire is literally all around her. She's running through the fire. Then she runs through the water and she's in the water and she keeps hearing, run, run. And all of a sudden she feels a man's hand. And so the man says, come with me. And so she runs. She runs with this man, and she starts running. And then they find a stairway, and she runs up the stairway. And all of a sudden, uh, she turns back. And then she just, she looks, and it's just 
flames everywhere and she's not burned. And she turned to look for the man and the man had gone. He disappeared. Now listen, the Bible says that angels are there to help us. We're sometimes unaware, but when you're in the house of God, heaven opens up. Come on, there's an opportunity for God to begin to move in your life. God wants to reveal himself. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 3. The Bible says, John saw heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. Now listen, we know this, that we, we learned this of the encounter, that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people, but in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes in us. Amen? And so when heaven opens up, the Holy Spirit wants to invade your life. He wants to touch you. And then lastly, the scripture says in Revelation 19, 11, that John, uh, again, John saw, John saw heaven open, and what he saw, he saw the king of kings riding on a white horse, and he was do, making war. In other words, G, uh, John saw the, the conquering king. And listen, when you come into the house of God, if you will open your hearts, Heaven will open. God will reveal himself to you. God will show himself strong to you. That's what the house of God is all about. The second thing in the house of God is found in verses 13 and 14. It, the house of God is a place where God declares his intentions over your life. God desires to announce in your ears his intentions. Listen, his intentions and plans are good. They're to give you and I a future and a hope. Can I hear an amen to that? Come on, we're not, we're not to be the tail, we're to be the head. We're not to be below, but we're to be above. God's intentions for you is always good. And look at what he says to Jacob. He says, Jacob, he said, the ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. Listen, the house of God is that you and I would occupy great places, that we would come into all that God has promised us. Impact Church, listen, you're not just here for a good time. You're here to occupy. You're here to go into Kingston and to begin to touch Kingston for the power and the glory of God. You're not just to have a good time. But listen, God is declaring his intentions over you. I have a future. I have a plan for you. Can I hear an amen? Listen, his intent is to multiply you. It's not just to get you just to, you know, love each other and just let's have our kumbaya moment. But it's to open up the gates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that we could not contain it. Now listen, I've been in one church for 20 years. One church. I've been serving the Lord for 30 years. And I can tell you, when I went to Living Hope, we were, we were kind of hurting. We'd kind of gone through some things. And it became a place where God began to heal us. And that church was 250 people. And I can tell you now, we're 20 years in. That church is 1,000 strong. The worship is amazing. People have gotten saved, lives that were broken. We've seen God multiply over and over and over in the house of God. What you're building now, even in these, you know, kind of infant years, if you will stay, if you will plant yourself, if you will let longevity get into your spirit, you are going to see the breakthrough that God wants for the house of God. Amen? I'm telling you. Amen. Come on. His intention is that you and I be in a voice of encouragement to this city.
to the cities that are around us. Come on, there's people who are lost, who are dying. That young pastor, four people, and he goes to nine. He did, I was so humbled. He said, would you pray for me? He brought his own bottle of oil. He said, I want you to anoint me with oil. He said, pour it all over me. I was like, dude, I don't want to ruin your shirt. He says, no, 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 pray. I want you to pray. We prayed for him. That guy got so touched by the Holy Ghost. The presence of God came over that guy. He was just so humble and broken. He wants to be used by God. Come on, the house of God's a good place. It's a place where God's intent is to let you know, hey, I've got a plan for your life. You're not here by accident. You're not here just because someone invited you. You're here under the unction and the divine plan of God. God has a situation that he's designed just for you. He's got a ministry and a gift and gifts that he wants to pour out of your life. He wants you to add your strength to the house of God so you can build a great work for the kingdom of God. The house of God is an awesome place. Come on, listen, the third thing about the house of God. It's a place where God begins to speak affirmation to you. Listen to what he says. He says this, I am with you. Let's just stop, stop right there. And just listen to that thought. I am with you. With you. God Almighty is with you. Listen to what he says. I am with you. I will protect you. I will protect you. Now we were just driving along in that car. But the hand of God protected us. I can, I, I, could go, I could tell you story after story after story of God's hand of protection on my life. Even when I wasn't serving him, his hand of protection. God is a God that wants to protect us. Can I hear an amen? Brother, from when you were in Nepal, God's hand of protection. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard about that, or I've heard stories when 9-11 happened, we had friends all in New York City, people who were involved, who worked in the towers for whatever reason, they got delayed that morning, and they didn't go to the tower, and the tower fell, and their lives were saved. Now, I don't understand why people die and get killed in that, but listen, I just know this, that God's hand of protection is upon our life. God wants to protect you. Can I hear an amen? Listen, the house of God is where God declares his affirmation. Listen to what he says. I will bring you back. God's a God of restoration. We heard it this morning. The Bible says in Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I'm watching this year. I, 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 a friend of mine texted this morning. He said, you're going to be a great blessing to impact. I, pray, I prayed for you this morning. And I said, this has been a miracle year for me. I've watched God do miracles in our lives. We're watching it right now. God doing miracles in our lives. Listen, God is a God of restoration. He is a God that wants to restore. What the enemy has stolen, God wants to return to you. When you get into the house of God and you begin to experience the presence of God and heaven opens up and you begin to walk under the intentions of God and the plans of God, he begins to fight for you. He begins to work for you. He begins to protect you. He begins to anoint you. He begins to provide for you. He is a good God. The house of God. The house of God. Listen to what he says. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. Come on, he's present in the midst of the battle. Amen? He's a God that wants to fulfill his promises. When I stood in that church in Ghana, Africa, I declared to them 
30 years ago. Now, maybe I'm a little slow, but it took that long. But listen, 30 years ago, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you're going to travel the world. You're going to preach. You're going to prophesy. You're going to go into the nations. And the nations, you're going to prophesy and preach, and people are going to get saved. When I stood in Africa, and it was, it's been a desire in my heart to go to Africa. When I stood there and I began to preach, I remembered the scripture and I said, God, you're such a faithful God. You remember. Listen, God remembers. He's, he's, not, he's not like as we forget, right? Like my wife forgot my favorite word. <laughs> you know? But listen, God remembers. God remembers everything he's promised to you. Come on, he's a good God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Listen, the, 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 uh, let, me, let me just say, say something again. I just want to keep going back to this whole thing of longevity. When you're in the house of God. Listen, when we came to Living Hope 20 years ago, my little guy was two years old. I mean, he had a bowl cut. I mean, he was blonde. He was the cutest kid. I, he's still a cute kid now. But when he was two, he was running around the house of God, and we were just working with him, and we'd discipline him and do all that kind of stuff. But now, we watched him grow, and we had a Christian school. And I became the principal of the Christian school. And he came into the Christian school when he was four. And he began to walk through the Christian school and he began to grow. And, and then he wanted to take up drums and so we put him in drum lessons. And he became a drummer. And then we, he wanted to take guitar and so he started taking guitar and we paid for guitar for him. And then he wanted to write music and we put, put him in piano and we did all that. Last night, I got a picture. And there he is leading the house of God in worship. 20 years. Longevity. You know what? This summer, he's marrying a girl he met in the house of God. Come on. Listen, this is not a small thing that you're doing here. This is not a small thing. This is something that if you will... Take time and you will say, I'm going to endure. There's been moments where I got offended. There's been moments where I've been frustrated. There's been moments where I wondered, God, are you there? But every time I came into the house of the Lord, I recognized I'm in a good place. And as I stood and I said, we're not moving. We're going. We're standing here. And we're going we're gonna to hang into the house of God. Then we watched my son grow. And then he met a girl. And we had to watch him further. And then he came to us and said, Dad, I, I want to pursue this. I, I think there's some, something good here. And, and, and so we said, okay, son, begin. And then he said, Dad, I want to get married. I was like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> but listen, when you're in the house of God for a length of time, you begin to see God begin to move. Look at some of the kids that were in the youth group when I was the youth pastor are now leaders in our church, leading the house of God. You're not in something that is insignificant. You're in one of the greatest places in the earth. You're in the house of God. Can I hear an amen? I can remember when we built our second building and the pastor gave us mustard seeds. 
and we went to where the baptismal tank was. We've changed it since, but when the baptismal tank, and as a church of 400 people, we were 250 when we left it, we came back 100 strong, we were 350 people, and we began to lay those mustard seeds in the ground where the baptismal tank, and we said, God, we're going to believe you for a harvest of people, people who don't even know about living hope right now, but God, we were believing, and then slowly but surely, after 20 years, another 700 people showed up. Come on, can you get a vision about what God wants to do here? That you're not here just to attend church, but there's a significant moment in your life as a church that you're building something that if you will stand the test of time, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years down the road, you're going to look and say, wow, wow, God has been good to us. And now 20 years, I look and I go, oh God, you've been so good to us. You've been so faithful to us. We have lifelong friends in the house of God, people who we can count on, people who will come to our defense, people who will come and help us at any given time. That's what the house of God is all about. Can I hear an amen? The fourth thing is the house of God is a place of encounter. It's a place of encounter. Listen to what he says. He says, Jacob built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, or the house of God, because God had appeared to him when he was fleeing from his brother Esau. He encountered God. The place, uh, the house of God is a place where you can encounter God. Listen, where God actually becomes real to you. Some of my most significant encounters have come as I've stood in the house of God. Three years ago, I was in the midst of transition coming off staff. I didn't have a job. I didn't, I didn't have an income. I just knew that I was being obedient to the Lord. And the Lord had been speaking to me all week. And as I began to, I was kind of in worship. And I was standing, you know, uh, I was standing in worship. And there was another guy in front of me, an older man. And I was standing there and I was just worshiping. And sometimes this happens. You know, you're worshiping God, but you're talking to him at the same time. So I'm singing, but I'm having this mental conversation. And so this is my conversation with God. I know you're in control of my life. I know that you said you would open doors for me. But Lord, I don't have any income. I don't have a job. And I need you to help me. I need you to provide for me. And Lord, I, I know that you've asked me to rest and trust you. But, and so I'm having this conversation as I'm worshiping. At that same moment, the man in front of me turns around. And he says, son, the Lord just spoke to me. I said, oh, yeah? He goes, God is in control of your life. And God is the God who will open doors for you. And your position is to be a position of rest and trust. And then he turned around. And I just, I said. I perceive God is speaking to me. It's a place where God wants to be personal. It's a place where God wants to come and just speak to you. Listen, in the midst of worship. God can come and be so real to you. He can, he can so encounter you. The house of God is an awesome place. The, the, the word awesome means to be awe in awe and wonder. Jacob, Jacob just, he realized, oh, this is an awesome place. Come on, this is an awesome place, is it not? It's, it's a place where in worship moments, God the very answers that you've been crying out to, God can put it in your spirit. He can put a yes in your spirit. He can say, yes, I'm going to work there. And you walk out with a new confidence. When, when that guy did that, I settled it right there. I said, God, no worries. 
I'm going to trust you. Now, if you know my situation that first year, I didn't make anything. I hardly made anything. I mean, I went from a really good job to nothing. But God provided. Every month, he provided. Every month. It was like a raven kept coming to my door and giving me money. God provided. And God kept saying, Gary, just relax. I play golf. It was awesome. I, I didn't have any worries. I just trusted God. Listen, it's a place where God wants to encounter you. Lastly, is the house of God is an awesome place of worship. We did it this morning, but it's more than that. Listen to what he says. He says, and this memorial pillar I have set up and will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything. You see, the house of God is where the Lord is. It's a place where worship, it's a place where you and I can come and not only just lift our hands and worship God, but it's a place where you can begin to give your time, your talents, and your treasures. I got, I got to tell you, listen, I've, I've served the Lord for over 30 years, and we have given literally, I can say this now, hundreds and hundreds, probably at least, I'm going to say at least 100,000 or more, probably more dollars to the kingdom of God. At least that. We, we have never missed a tithe. In 30 years, we have never missed a tithe unless Sheila forgot. <laughs> and I remind her, we have this discussion. Trust me, we have a discussion. It's not that she intentionally does, but she's over our finances, and I just make sure, make sure you tithe. Because I do not want anything but the blessing of God on my life. And so the scripture says, the house of God is a place where, where Jacob said, I'm going to give a tenth of everything I have. I'm going to tithe. Listen, how many want the blessing of God on your life? I'm telling you, these last three years, when I didn't have a job, and, and, and literally, I, I mean, not to say that I wasn't looking or anything like that, I just, we just knew this journey that God was taking us on. God faithfully provided every month more than what we needed. And this year, he is multiplying it. He's causing us to experience the blessing of God. But I, I believe this is because I laid and I sowed for 30 years consistently, giving of my time, my talents, and my treasures. And so my son doesn't know anything different. He gives of his tithes. He sows his time. He's a busy kid. He's one of our youth leaders now. And then he's also leading in worship. He's, he's taken his gifts and he's given them for God. Listen, say this with me. I have a gift. Come on, how many have a gift here? Everyone. Doesn't matter. You might say, well, I don't have a gift to do this, but you might have a gift with kids. You might have a gift to serve. You might have a gift of hospitality. You might have a gift of administration. You don't know what the gifts are. But you all have a gift, and God wants you to not just use it for yourself, but he wants you to sow it into the house of God. Amen? The house of God is a great, awesome place. It's a place where we can bring our time a tenth of everything that we have, where we can uh, sow our time and our talents. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. It says uh, that we're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. And so our lives have always been about that. We connected into the house of God. We said, this is a good place. <laughs> Listen, this is an awesome place. And God is here, and I want to encounter God, and so I'm going to make this the greatest place of worship. Listen, you're not here to just spectate. Come on, can I hear an amen to that? You're here to participate in what God is doing on the earth. I'm here to tell you the house of God is alive and well in the earth.
And there is a group of people who are rising up out of the ashes of despair and despondency and discouragement. And they're beginning to worship God with an abandonment. They're giving of themselves their time, their treasures. They're beginning to encounter God. The heavens are beginning to open. God's beginning to show up and, and, and begin to declare over them the intentions and the thoughts. And I'm telling you, God's doing great things. Last week, I'll finish with this, last week or two weeks ago, we were doing a presbytery and we're pro prophesying over 50, 60 leaders. And this guy comes up and, and so they always let me go first. Now, that's not because of choice, that's because they don't want to go first. So I went first and I'm going first. I lay my hands on this guy and I hear in my spirit, kings, rulers, political, advancement, uh, wealth, and so I'm prophesying this over this guy, that God's going to bring him before kings and rulers and political uh, people. He's going to be an advisor, and, uh, and he's going to have wealth and, and, and uh, money and accountant and all this kind of stuff, just declaring it over his life. The pastor looks at me and goes, that was good. I said, okay, that's awesome. He goes, no, 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 that was good. He said, this guy, in, in their region, there's one king. He's, he's the king of a shanty. It's, the, it's a certain tribe, and he's the king, and this guy meets with the king every week. And he's a gold miner. He's the <laughs> VP of a gold mine in that province. And this guy has political connections. He has connections. He meets with the king every week, every week. So listen, what I'm saying that is this, that God knows you, and God brought you here today. And God's planted some of you in here for the long haul. And I'm here to tell you, listen, it is an awesome, awesome place. How many would say yes to the house of God? Come on, say yes to the house of God. Come on, listen. You might find yourself and you might say, well, I really haven't had open heavens. I want you to know this morning that God wants to open up heavens to you. Tonight when we come and we worship the Lord, we're going to prophesy the heavens are going to ring open. Listen, there, listen, God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to begin to declare his intent over your life. God wants to affirm you that he's with you, that he'll protect you, that he'll restore to you, that he will, he will uh, do everything that he promised for your life. Some of you, maybe you're, you're here and you're saying, well, I, I'm here, I'm attending, but I, I, need to, I need to hook in. I need to give myself my time, my, my talents, and my treasures. Listen, if you'll say yes, and you'll go in for the long haul, listen, you're not going to like everything, but listen, that, it's not about what you like. Amen, Gary, you're ouch. It isn't what you like. It's what God wants. It's what God wants. And if you're in it because you're in it because you want to meet God in the house of God, listen, God will preserve you, God will watch over you, and God will use your life. And 20 years from now, your kids will marry somebody in the church. Your kids yeah. will be your kids will be up here leading. Come on, your kids will be preaching. Your kids will be you'll be they'll be they'll be carrying their own shields of faith. Come on, they'll they'll be they'll be part of the house of God. They'll be part of the kingdom of God. But you got to get a longevity mindset. You got to get a mindset that I'm not here just for a short time. I'm here for the long haul. Not, not, not to, to say this couple that's leaving, please, I, you know, the, you know I, I get what you're doing. But listen, if you're here, come on, say yes to the house of God. Say yes 
to the house of God. Say yes to the house of God. Come on, stand to your feet. I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart. I want to give you, just give you an opportunity. I want you to just quickly put your hand up right now. If you don't know the Lord, you've never invited Jesus in your heart, you put your hand up right now. No, I don't want to embarrass you, but listen, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes. Say yes to the God of heaven. Come on, say yes to the God. Anybody here? Okay, that's all right. If, if you're, if you're, that's okay. But listen, how many would say you need to say yes to the house of God? Yeah. in a deeper way. Come on, lift your hands right now. now just, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. I want to pray that God would just uh, touch your life. So Father, today we're so grateful for the house of God. We're so grateful that you established your church. Yes, Lord. Lord, you established this uh, living organism, breathing yes, organism, yes, Lord. Lord, that will impact the city of Kingston. So Lord, we say yes to it. We say, Lord, align our lives to your purposes. Align our lives to your intentions. Align our lives to your affirmation over our lives. Align our lives to encounter you. Align our lives to our worship that we would give our time, our talents, and our treasure. Yes, Lord. So, Father, we say yes. Yes, God. Yes to the house of God. Yes, Lord. And we bless you, Lord. We thank you for this powerful place, this awesome place. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. I give amen. myself, I give myself to you. Let's sing, my life is not my own. My life is not my own.